0: hear the sound of electric guitars in the air, it must be time for another episode of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast here on the Pantheon Podcast Network. My name is Brad Page, and each episode of this podcast, I pick a personal favorite song of mine, and we delve into it looking at the history, the people, and the performances that went into making it a great song. You know, I'm beginning to think that the band Foghat is the Rodney Dangerfield of rock and roll. I mean,
1: that's destroying my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. Me.
0: Whenever I see a reference to Foghat, it's always preceded with phrases like ham-fisted, Neanderthal, lowbrow, like they're a guilty pleasure. Well, let me tell you, I got nothing but respect for this band. No guilt at all. Just pure pleasure. So let's spend some time with Foghat and a song called Honey Hush. We'll be right back after this message. Today's story begins with a band called Savoy Brown. Savoy Brown was founded in 1965 by a great guitarist named Kim Simmons. They were one of many great British bands playing the blues that came out of the 1960s. At some point, we should revisit Savoy Brown for this show. But before I digress, this band had an ever-changing lineup, many players that came and went. By around 1970 71, besides Kim Simmons, the band included Roger Earl on drums, Tony Stevens on bass, and Dave Peverett, who went by the name Lonesome Dave, on rhythm guitar and vocals. Before 1971 was over, Peverett, Earl, and Stevens all left Savoy Brown together to form their own band. They recruited a relatively unknown guitarist named Rod Price. Price was a great all-around guitar player, but he was a master when it came to slide guitar. And his distinctive, brilliant slide playing, along with Lonesome Dave's voice, were the defining elements of this new band's sound. They called themselves Foghat. Why? Uh, Your guess is as good as mine. The name doesn't mean anything. The band signed a deal with Bearsville Records and moved to the U.S., They released their self-titled debut record in 1972. They recorded three more albums before Tony Stevens quit, exhausted from the nonstop touring. When they recorded their fifth album, Fool for the City, their producer, Nick Jameson, filled in on bass. This album's probably their most famous record. Features the title cut and their biggest hit, Slow Slow Ride. Before that tour, they recruited a new full-time bass player, Craig McGregor, and then recorded their next album, Night Shift. By then it was 1977, and in the wake of Frampton Comes Alive and Kiss Alive, everybody was due to release their obligatory live album. And so, we got Foghat Live. Unlike most live albums of the era, Foghat Live is a single LP, a concise set of six tracks that present the best aspects of the band, capturing them at their peak. It has everything you want from a classic live album, a great set list, a band playing at their best, and it captures the energy of a terrific live show. Now, back in the 70s and 80s, we used to have this department store chain around New England called... Leechmere's. They were a step up from a Kmart or a Walmart, I guess kind of like what Target is today. They're all gone now. They went out of business in 1997. But I was there one day. My parents were probably shopping somewhere else in the store, and I was on my own in the records and tapes section. I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old. There was always some music playing in the background so that they could sell you the new releases or entice you into buying a new stereo system. And whatever kid was working behind the counter that day put on this album. And this was the first time I ever heard Foghat blasting out of the speakers in the middle of this suburban department store. The song had barely ended before the manager came over and told the kid to change the record to something less noisy. Something that wouldn't drive Granny out of the store. Of course, to my teenage ears, this was exactly what I wanted to hear. I had no idea who that band was, what the name of the song was, or what album it was from, but I had to find out. From a distance, I watched the kid put the album back in the sleeve. I couldn't make out the name of the band, but the album cover was unforgettable. A black cover with the big word LIVE cut out so that you could see the multicolored band photograph underneath. Still to this day, it's one of my all-time favorite record covers. In fact, it's hanging on my wall right now. So imagine, if you will, being 13 years old, flipping through the record bins and hearing this turned way up for the first time. Two guitars, bass, and drums, no sneaky overdubs. It doesn't get any more rock and roll than this. Dave Peverett's guitar is more prominent in the left channel. And that's Rod Price's guitar dominating on the right. And here comes the main riff. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Haven't I heard that riff somewhere before? That, of course, is Aerosmith with Train Kept a-Rollin'. But Aerosmith didn't come up with that. They learned it from The Yardbirds. The Yardbirds recorded Train Kept a Rollin' in 1965 in Memphis, Tennessee with the legendary Sam Phillips behind the mixing desk. Their version features Jeff Beck on guitar. But the Yardbirds didn't write Train Kept A-Rollin' either. And for that matter, Foghat didn't write Honey Hush. They're both cover songs. Train Kept A-Rollin' was first recorded by Tiny Bradshaw in 1951. Honey Hush was written by Big Joe Turner in 1953. Let's have a listen to both of these original tracks to see where it all started. First, here's Tiny Bradshaw's version of Train Kept
1: A-Rollin'. Rolling. All night long. Oh,
0: well, that's great, but it doesn't have that guitar riff that's such a big part of the Aerosmith and the Yardbird versions. Let's check out Honey Hush by Big Joe Turner. That guitar riff isn't here either. So where did that guitar riff come from? When did it first enter the picture? For that, we have to go to 1956 to find the Rock and Roll Trio. The Rock and Roll Trio were two brothers, Johnny and Dorsey Burnett, and Paul Burleson, one of the earliest guitar heroes. In October 1956, the Rock and Roll Trio released their third single, with Train Kept a-Rolling on the A-Side and Honey Hush as the B-Side. Here's their seminal version of Train Kept
1: a-Rollin'.
0: Now let's flip the single over and listen to the B side Honey Hush.
1: Welcome in house. house. Stop all
0: They used the same guitar riff on both songs. So there you have it, Foghat didn't rip off Aerosmith, Aerosmith didn't copy Foghat. It all goes back to that one record by the Rock and Roll Trio. Mystery solved. Now back to the Foghat version, here's the first verse. Let's bring up the drums here. This is faster than some Ramones songs. Let's listen to those twin guitar parts. Rod Price takes a solo. Love that wah-wah pedal. Notice there's only one guitar during the verses. Lonesome Dave stops playing to focus on his vocals. Both guitars hit this note together. Let's listen to Rod Price's guitar. Craig McGregor gets in some bass licks here. The twin guitars return for a short bit. Rod Price takes flight again. Listen to how he injects some drama by repeating this four-note ascending lick. love this little section here. Now Dave Peverett gets to play a solo. He's doing scat vocals along with his guitar. and the intro riff returns for the ending. Honey Hush by Foghat. Foghat recorded a lot of old blues songs, and unlike some bands, they always gave the original blues artists proper credit. In 1977, Foghat hosted a benefit concert in New York featuring Muddy Waters, Eddie Kirkland, Otis Blackwell, Johnny Lee Hooker, all their heroes, and they all got paid, except Foghat Who donated their share to the New York Public Library so that the library could afford to beef up their collection of blues albums. This is a band that deserves a lot more respect than they get. Lonesome Dave Peverett died from complications from kidney cancer in February 2000. He was only 56. Guitarist Rod Price eventually settled in Windham, New Hampshire, not far from where I lived. He was only 57 when he died after he had a heart attack and fell down a flight of stairs. Craig McGregor, the bass player, died in February 2018 from lung cancer. Drummer Roger Earl is still alive today as I record this episode and still plays the occasional show. As always, thank you for listening. You can find all of our past episodes on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com. You can keep in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for the I'm In Love With That Song podcast. And I highly recommend that you subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode. This show is just one of many great podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you love music, there's plenty of great shows to be found on the Pantheon Network. That's it for this episode. We will meet again in two weeks for the next installment of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. Until then, here's Foghat live.